I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody! Merry, merry, <laughs> merry, merry, merry Christmas! Glory to God! Woo! It's just a couple days away. I'm David Weeder. This is my wife, Lynn Weeder. Welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. Um, Christmas is getting pretty close. It is. What did you get me? Well, I know you opened one of them accidentally the other day. <laughs> hey, you know, okay, here's the tip, guys. <laughs> when packages start arriving in the mail long about October, November... Don't be opening them, you know, <laughs> just always ask first. <laughs> Although, you know, if I open one accidentally, maybe that means you have to get another one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mm. hope you're having a good day. If not, it's about to get gooder. And if it is good, it's about to get gooder than that. Because mm. we're about to study the word of the living God. Glory to God. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you. For such a wonderful, wonderful time of year. Thank you for the joy and the happiness that is so prevalent this time of year. And Father, I'm asking you for all of those that find this time of year challenging for one one reason or another whether something's happened in their lives or just Satan attacks them more at this time of year through depression or things like that. I'm asking you, sir, you are the God of all comfort, the word says. I'm asking you, bring laborers across their path to bring comfort and to bring joy and to bring an understanding of why joy is so prevalent this time of year because of Jesus. Jesus is absolutely the reason for this season. I ask it in his name, in faith, in power, and in extreme gratitude. And we give you all the glory and all of the honor for every revelation that the Holy Spirit brings through these broadcasts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. You're not going to tell me, are you? No. Okay, fine. All right. Let's get into the Word. The last several weeks we've been talking about different components of what most of the church world calls the Great Commission. Most people have a general idea that it involves going and telling everybody about Jesus. Well, that's true. That is absolutely true. However, it's a little bit incomplete in the fact that we need to be more conscious more aware of two components that can be traced through every account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, every account of the Great Commission, 
where Jesus was risen from, the, for those of you that don't know, the Great Commission is where Jesus, he died, he went to hell, he was raised from the dead, and before he ascended to heaven, he met with his disciples again, actually quite extensively. He actually met with them for 40 days before he ascended to heaven. And before he left, he said, look here, <laughs> take my name. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth and under the earth. Take my name, be my representatives, go and meet the needs of mankind. Heal the sick, raise the dead, speak in tongues. If you drink any deadly thing, don't worry about it. It's not going to hurt you. If a snake comes out of the sticks and latches onto your hand, shake it off. That's what Paul did. You're protected. You're delivered. But look here now. Don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem until the power comes. Put it on like a coat and wear it everywhere you go because you're going to need the power to do these. To do the Great Commission. You know, I think I just said the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we go into much more detail. You got to go back, listen to the broadcast, study them, get into the word and study it in detail. You got to make it a part of your thinking. Look, here's another thing about the Great Commission. Most people think that it's going out witnessing. Mm -hmm. The strongest witness you can be is your daily life. It's the strongest witness to your kids. It's the strongest witness to your spouse. And it's the strongest witness to the people you interact with out on the street. You know, it's, it's, um, it's been attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, but, you know, it's hard to track down. But whoever said it was right on. It said, go and preach Jesus to the world. And if necessary, use words. Wow. Go be a demonstration of the power of God meeting the needs of mankind. You know, here last month, we talked about, it's the, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance, to change their mind about God. And that word goodness, one of the definitions of that word is to meet the need. Well, that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission is to meet the needs of mankind, and you've got to have the power to do it. And we introduced that last week, and we're going to go back over some of those key scriptures. We've talked about the fact, and this is a fact that a huge percentage of the body of Christ in general, not as huge as it used to be, but still a, 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 an amazing number of people do not understand that Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's not, you know, like my name is David Weeder. It's not <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Lynn last week came up with a brilliant example of how we use this today. <laughs> I think it was the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to go ahead. You know. <laughs> you know, gentlemen, I'll give you another tip. There's not a whole lot of difference between the Holy Ghost and your godly wife. I'm just saying, just, you know, just tuck that away. <laughs> All right. So... She used the illustration of, you know, a lot of times, like our pastor is Pastor George Pearsons of Eagle Mountain International Church in, in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, we call him Pastor George. Well, Pastor George, Pastor's not his first name and George his last name. Pastor is what he is. Well, Christ is what Jesus 
is. And we saw that in, in first John, two different places in first John. We saw it in Matthew 16 where Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And so we established the fact that Christ is who, what Jesus is. And we looked at the, the Greek definition and we discussed the fact that it wasn't actually translated in the King James Version, which did us no favors all of these years. But it actually means the anointed one. It means it's, it's the old, the first covenant said Messiah. This is the Christ. And it means the anointed one. And it also applies to the anointing with which the anointed one is anointed with. <laughs> Let me say that again. It also applies to the anointing with which the anointed one is anointed with. And you can see that, some examples of that. We talked about Philippians 4.13. Most people just gloss over that and quote that scripture saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But that's not what that verse says. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so in that particular verse, it's referring almost exclusively to the anointing itself because it's that anointing on our lives. We just talked about it. You got to have the anointing on our lives to carry out the Great Commission and meet the needs of man. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, glory to God. So what is the anointing? Let's go back to the first covenant in Isaiah chapter 10. And we'll see in Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass in that day, which glory to God, it did. Jesus was born on this earth that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. Satan's burden shall be taken off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke, that word destroyed means totally annihilated, pulverized. That's a good word. I remember <laughs> liking that word when I was little. Pulverize them. <laughs> so the yoke is destroyed because of that anointing. So you can see right there that there's power involved. And then, you, when, then we went over to Zechariah. And uh, it's worth looking at this again. Zechariah uh, chapter 4. And verse 6, then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might or by natural armies, natural force, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And now let's go and stop real quick at Luke 4. And we're going to look at Jesus' teaching on this because he combines these two and shows how they are the same synonymous terms. You'll see in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, now this is after Jesus was baptized uh, in the Jordan and he went up in the wilderness. He was tempted. Now he's coming back down. And verse 14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Well, that just pretty much says it. <laughs> in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went, now, now like I said, Galilee, remember that. And there went a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And then Jesus taught on it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he lists the things that he was anointed to do. Preach the gospel to the poor, to uh, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, 
recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So there is an anointing to do those things. And then we get even more clarification over in Acts chapter 10. And I think this is, we're going to talk about this here in just a couple minutes, but Acts chapter 10, this is extremely important. And I may go ahead and just say it here after we read this. But in Acts chapter 10, 37, that word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism John preached. So now we know this is exactly what Jesus was teaching on. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So now we see through the clarification that Peter provides to, the, to Cornelius in his house that the spirit, the anointing, and the power are synonymous terms. Now, we also addressed the fact, and it's worth restating here, wasn't the power in the name of Jesus? Well, yes, the authority is in the name of Jesus, and the power is in the name. However, in Luke, a careful examination mm. of Luke chapter 24, they had, the, they had the name. Jesus gave them the name. He said, go forth, preach in my name. Okay, but then he said, but stay in Jerusalem until you get the power. Well, if all the power they needed and all the physical manifestation of just brute power they needed was only through the use of the name, he wouldn't have told them to wait in Jerusalem until the power came. And so let's pick up and we'll see exactly what he was talking about in Acts and uh, and we went over this weeks, well, a couple months ago now probably, um, how the book of Acts is a continuation written by the same author as the book of Luke. It was written by Dr. Luke and is a continuation of the, uh, the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts. You can almost just read right through it just like one straight book. And they actually kind of overlap in that yeah. last chapter and first chapter. That's absolutely correct. And we demonstrated that and everything. Yeah. I'm telling you, you need to go back and listen to the broadcast. <laughs> so here we see in, in uh, well, I'll tell you what. He just says, he says uh, in, in one, um, chapter one, verse four, he talks about, uh, and being assembled together with them, Jesus was with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So there's a difference between water baptism and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say here in verse 8, but you shall receive power. That word power is, comes mm -hmm. from the Greek word dunamis. And it's the same word we get the word dynamite from. It's just brute force power. What's interesting is it also includes abundance. Yeah, yes, it does. It's mighty. Yes, it does. It's Again, it's what you have to have to meet the needs of mankind. Glory to God. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And, and then you shall be witnesses... <laughs> unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. 
So he tells you right here, you, the power will come on you after you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and then go. Okay? Now, down here in chapter 2, they're all assembled together in the upper room. And all of a sudden, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then you can trace that down. Boy, Peter starts talking and he starts teaching and he starts preaching immediately starts doing the Great Commission. It just, the Holy Ghost came and the Great Commission started. In the name of Jesus, bless God. And then we can trace this over and this is what we want to do now. Remember, remember, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It means the anointed one and the anointing. So every time you see Jesus Christ, as you're going through, and you need to go back and study through the book of Acts, okay? We're going to look at a few examples now, but you need to just renew your mind to this. Every time you see Jesus Christ, it's referring to the authority of the name and the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the anointing. And so let's look at, Peter's demonstration, and we looked at this last week, uh, the, where Peter ministered to the man that was lame <laughs> at the beautiful gate. And Peter said, now he, he fastened his eyes on them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name, now last week we focused on the name. In the name of Jesus, the anointed one, and with that anointing, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. There's the signs and wonders. And immediately Peter starts teaching and he sucks down here in verse 12 of chapter 3. He addresses you men of Israel. So here we are teaching the people. And he talks about the God of Abraham and he goes back and he goes through the process and he talks about Jesus and he says, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you have who you see and know the faith which is by him both given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all and he he goes down i mean he boy i mean <laughs> peter is a preaching <laughs> he's preaching and a teaching preaching and a teaching to all the people of, of uh, I mean, this is, this is the epitome of the Great Commission. And he comes down, uh, repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send 
Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. He sent Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, and the anointing that he was uh, anointed with that Jesus preached about in Luke 4. <laughs> and so you can see it's just line upon line, precept upon precept. Now, this caused quite a stir. You have to remember, you get all four elements of the Great Commission in place, and that is what turns the world upside down. And that's what was happening here in, uh, in Israel, in Jerusalem. They were, I mean, this caused such a stir that the, the high priests and the Sadducees, it drew their attention and they got Peter and the disciples and they put them and they said, hey, uh, by what power or by what name have you done this? Well, Jesus, or Peter was very precise in his answer. It was by the name of Jesus, the anointed one, and through that anointing of the, uh, that he was anointed with, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Glory to God. Do you see the process? It's by the name, by the power. He taught it to all the people that would listen, and he was preaching it and teaching it. And you will find, we're going we're gonna to look at a few more examples here. You'll find it all the way through the, the book. He, after they released him and they went back and they returned to their own company. Oh, glory to God. It's sometimes really good to return to your own company. And they're praying and they say, uh, in verse 26, the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They're coming against the anointing, doing everything they can to stop the anointing and the anointed one. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed. Preaching and teaching and praying about Jesus and the anointing. Jesus and the anointing. You drop down to verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, to heal. Jesus went about doing good and healing and that signs and wonders, there's the power, may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And you keep down, I mean, just, just keep reading down through there and they're praying and they're praying. And then verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness. They're preaching the gospel. They are doing the great commission of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Now go on, come on over across the page and you'll see this same pattern. Now we're in chapter five. Acts chapter 5 and verse 21. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning. And what they do? They taught the people. And then you come on down to verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple. And what are they doing? They're teaching the people. 
And just a note on that, there was a law and they had given them a ruling and a restraining order. Teach no more in <laughs> this name. And basically in John Wayne talk, they said, that'll be the day. <laughs> They're not about to. Go on down to verse 28. <clears throat> no matter what, here it is. Verse 28 saying, did we, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And they've basically said hide and watch. Mm. Um, y'all see any of that going around back in the, in, in 2020? Did y'all see any of that? Yeah, no, 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 no. You're not going to preach. You're not going to sing praises. Yeah, that'll be the day. So now we're over here in the latter part of verse of uh, chapter 5 and look at verse 40. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. And then they let him go. <laughs> and rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus, the anointed one, and preach that anointing like Jesus did in Luke chapter 4. Glory to God. Now, they're also teaching that they are anointed of the Spirit of God because he came and sat on all of them like putting a coat on. And now, it's Jesus' anointing that they're anointed with going about teaching and preaching the name, doing great exploits in mm. the name and by the power of the anointing. I'm telling you, you can just continue <clears> to <throat> go through and go through and look. You look over in uh, chapter 8 and we'll look just briefly at Peter, I mean at uh, Philip. And it says, here's another example, because this is, this is Philip, this isn't Peter. Philip Let's see. Let's start in verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. He preached the anointed one, and he preached that anointing. And who did he preach it to? And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spoke. And he went down and taught the city of Samaria. He taught the people. Mm. And he clarified over in verse 12, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus and the anointing. This was so vital to them. It was so big in their lives that when God finally got it across to Peter. That it wasn't that it, just for the Jews. It, wasn't it was just, for everyone. Absolutely. <clears throat> this, we saw it earlier in chapter 10. This is what Peter taught the very first time he got to speak to Gentiles. He taught the anointing to, to Cornelius' house. And then you just keep following the pattern and you see in the very next chapter in verse 11, this is what they taught. They taught it so much that they were known as Christians, the anointeds. And then you see finally in Acts chapter 17, they said, those that have turned the world upside down have come here too. And well, guess what? what that's what this whole time of year is about celebrating mass mass is a celebration that's what mass means celebrating the anointed one and celebrating that anointed with which he has anointed 
us. Glory to God. Hey, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. But before, until then, don't forget that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping making these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to all our social media accounts on YouTube, Instagram, and iTunes for more teachings by David Weeder Ministries. Contact us at info at WeederMinistries.org to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.